first of all, he will around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a Welcome few Welcome to moments. Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, you can go to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, that's all one word, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com, and this is going to be our 187th episode. Um, we, we love to keep the nostalgia alive, we love to document the past so the future can remember. Uh, most, of our sh- most of our shows that you're going to see at keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com are going to be about basketball in the great state of Indiana, and uh, with no further ado... Uh, if I gave you the rundown on the accomplishments of this basketball coach that we're going to interview today, uh, most of my interview time would be taken up. That's how good of a basketball coach he has been. Um, and I'm talking about Coach Al Brown. Coach Brown, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us, keeping the nostalgia alive, and, and talking about your career. Well, Billy, it's, an, uh, it's a great opportunity to share time with you and the folks in Indiana, uh, the great state of Indiana, and uh, where basketball really uh, was founded, so to speak. I know Naismith got it going uh, elsewhere, but Indiana is uh, the hotbed and and the uh, the the best the best basketball in the world in high schools and, and to some degree in college uh, in the country. You know, it's interesting. Most of the time, I'll post a, a little. Uh, 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 promotion on what I'm getting ready to do and who I'm getting ready to have on the show and the amount of comments and uh, uh, suggestions and and people who love your work was was kind of uh, kind of amazing um, um, Dave Warland commented uh, Dick Ray who was in TV commented Dave Eha who I think was with uh, Ball State uh, had commented on how well how much they're looking forward to this interview so so you you're well loved and well received well, thanks, Billy. Uh, a lot of great people uh, I had an opportunity to share time with, both in high school and college, and uh, college as a player and a, and a coach. And uh, uh, I just, uh, uh, Indiana means everything to me. It, uh, it gave me an opportunity to do what I love, and uh, it uh, gave me the foundation to uh, teach the game of basketball uh, really the way I was taught the game. You know, I've been doing this now for about six years, and, you know, I thought, before I started this, I thought I knew Indiana high school basketball, but the neat thing about this is that I'm still learning at uh, every interview and at every research possibility along the way, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm you're number 53 for the Connersville Spartans in 1959, but uh, evidently you played your previous three years, and I'm going to probably mess this up, Alquina, Alquina? Alquina. Alquina. Yeah, Alquina, Alquina Blue Arrows. Uh, I spent uh, three wonderful years there in a, in a small uh, school. Uh, I think probably we had 10 or 12 people in our uh, class uh, and uh, then uh, decided to make the move my senior year to Connersville for the opportunity to play with the Spartans. And it was uh, one of the greatest decisions of my life because Connersville, uh, was just absolutely wonderful to me. Do you remember the first introduction to the game of basketball when you were a little tyke? 
Well, absolutely. We started basketball at uh, Alquina when I was in grade school, and uh, I started in the uh, uh, fourth and fifth grade. And uh, well, actually, I should back that up a little bit in the fourth, but the fifth and sixth grade was big time basketball because we played three games uh, at that point in time and then moved on to junior high where we played uh, an extensive schedule. And what was the game of basketball like before you started playing high school basketball? I mean, give us a little bit of what uh, uh, Indiana high school basketball meant to the community or meant to the state of Indiana or actually even meant to you before you actually got to play it at a high school level. Well, basketball, uh, I I just grew up there. There were two things in Indiana that uh, seemed to stand out to me as a youngster, and that was the Indianapolis 500 and uh, Indiana basketball. And everybody in my school uh, uh, always talked about basketball players and what basketball was all about. And if uh, you were a uh, great schooler, let's say, uh, growing up, you idolized the high school players uh, because they were stars in uh, the community. I mean, uh, I don't care whether it was Connorsville, Alquina, or where we went to play, there were always sold-out crowds. Uh, people talk about sellouts today. Uh, whether that sellout was 300, uh, 200, or 1,500, or, or 6, 7, 8, 9,000, uh, there was always a crowd to watch Indiana high school basketball uh, on the weekend and sometimes during the week. Uh, were your parents uh, athletic? Uh, my father played a little basketball, but not much. He was a farmer, and he uh, worked very hard uh, as a young man on the farm and didn't have a lot of time to play basketball, but uh, was okay and certainly supported me, but uh, uh, was more interested in getting the farm work done and for me to do my job than, it was, than he was basketball. Uh, basketball didn't come first for him. Uh, what was, did you know what you were getting into when you headed over to Connersville to be a Spartan? And, and what was that senior season like? And I'm going to make this an extended question. Um, you know, at, uh, recruiting and uh, uh, assigning to go play college, of course, you became a Purdue Boilermaker. What, what was that like back then compared to it, what it is now? And why did you choose Purdue? Well, first of all, uh, when I was in high school, uh, in the study hall one day, uh, a friend of mine, a, a very good friend of mine, when I was in Alcorn, said, uh, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? Because uh, most people assumed I would go to the, go on the farm. And I said, well, I'm going to get a scholarship and play basketball in college. And he laughed. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was all I needed. Uh, and, and so part of my decision-making was uh, if I go to Connersville, I might get more exposure and have an opportunity to go to college and play, which is exactly what happened. Uh, but uh, that was that was what went into the, the decision to uh, make the change. And there, were, uh, there was a lot of change in Indiana high school basketball at that time. Uh, I know Jerry West, who played, I mean, not Jerry West, Jerry Lucas, who played at Middletown, Ohio. Uh, there was a movement in town to get his dad a job over in uh, Connersville so they could move him over there. There was a lot of movement like that in Indiana high school basketball, and uh, I just happened to be one of the lucky ones. What kind of uh, year did you have your um, senior season there at Connersville? Well, it was a very up-and-down season. We dedicated the gym uh, 
the new gym in Connorsville in 1959. It was a brand new facility, about 5,000 seats, and uh, it was uh, underground, uh, similar to Newcastle's, and uh, well, ours was there, and then Newcastle built theirs, but. Uh, uh, it was uh, a wonderful experience to play in a brand new facility uh, with a great deal of enthusiasm from the local community. And uh, we uh, opened with Liberty, Indiana, uh, the Warriors. And then the, the second game was a dedication game. We played the Anderson Indians. And that was, uh, uh, they had Teague and Patterson, who were two terrific basketball players. Uh, and we came up nine points short in our dedication game, but it was uh, quite a thrill. We had an interesting season. It was an up and down year, uh, but uh, we we ended the season, uh, the regular season, in good fashion. We beat Crispus Attics, uh, which was the uh, uh, eventually won the state tournament in '59, and then we beat Newcastle, uh, another uh, outstanding basketball team, uh, and we and we won a lot of key games, but uh, we didn't have a uh, a super record. We 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 were uh, very competitive, and uh, and then uh, we're upset in the sectional. We uh, we beat uh, the school that I left, Alquina, in the first game, and then lost to Brookville in double overtime. What was it called? The Spart is, is it called the Spartan Bowl now? And was it called the Spartan Bowl Spartan when it was Bowl. De- dedicated? Oh, I don't remember that, Billy, for sure, but I think it was. Yes, it was. Uh, it's the Spartan. It's always, as far as I can remember, it's always been the Spartan Bowl. Yes. Was um, was there another jersey that you possibly may have worn in college rather than being a Boilermaker? And uh, what led to your decision for being a Boilermaker? Well, first of all, I had quite a journey to get to uh, Boilermaker land. I started out. Uh, a guy named Burl Shipley from uh, southwestern Louisiana at the time uh, recruited me to Lafayette, Louisiana. And uh, I, uh, I went to, uh, started out at, in uh, 1959 and 60 at the uh, uh, University of southwestern Louisiana, USL, Raging Cajuns, and Burl Shipley uh, was quite a wheeler dealer. Uh, and but I missed being away from home. Uh, I always wanted to play in the Big Ten. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity at that point in time from a scholarship standpoint because Indiana and Purdue were both filled at the time. And so uh, I went to there. I went down to Louisiana, but I didn't like I didn't like it. It wasn't home. So I transferred back, and uh, the guidance counselor uh, at uh, Connorsville got told me that I should go to Butler because Tony Hinkle was a great coach. So at midterm, uh, my freshman year, I transferred to Butler and, and uh, stayed there a year. Uh, and uh, a guy uh, who I played, uh, an assistant coach at Purdue, Bob King, who uh, was at Short Ridge when I played for Connorsville, we played the Short Ridge. Uh, contacted me in the off season uh, that summer and asked if I would be interested in coming to Purdue. And I said, "Well, that's one of the places I've always wanted to go." And he said, "Well, we would like to have you come uh, and be a boilermaker." And so. Uh, <laughs> 
two, three schools down the road, I became a boilermaker and uh, another great decision, a great opportunity for me. And what was it like once you got to Purdue? Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel uh, like you, you know, the, the choices that you had made to get there were the right steps to do? Oh, absolutely. There was no question about it. And I was very comfortable. Uh, played with uh, the likes of Mel Garland, Terry Diesinger, Phil Dawkins, uh, and many, many other guys that uh, I had uh, uh, competed against in high school and uh, in the summer circuit that we had in Indiana at that time. And uh, it was uh, a wonderful fit. Uh, Ray Eddy was a, a very fine basketball coach. Joe Sexton, Bob King were excellent coaches, uh, very fundamentally sound, particularly Coach King. And uh, it was uh, it was a great experience, no question about it. When does uh, the idea come to you that you, you want to coach this game of basketball? Well, uh, Billy, a lot of people say, well, when I grew up, I wanted to be a coach. I, I never thought about being a coach, never even considered being a coach. But my final year at uh, Purdue, when I was finishing up my degree, uh, Coach Eddie asked me if I would mind uh, helping out with the team and uh, do some uh, scouting, uh, scouting of the team, uh, the Purdue team, and give him some input uh, at, after the games. So I spent uh, that year as uh, kind of an interim, well, an intern, I should say, coach, and uh, helped out a little bit uh, with the freshman team at that time and, and the varsity. And, and uh, then my good friend Mel Garland took the job at Greenfield and asked me if I would come and be a high school coach at Greenfield. I always wanted to play in the NBA, but... Uh, at that time, the NBA didn't pay uh, a lot of money. Uh, I could make as much almost or more coaching and teaching in high school. So I went to Greenfield, Indiana with Mel Garland and uh, spent a year there. And what, you know, you're, you've been a little bit of everywhere and you've had success everywhere. And But what is the mentality of a young coach and, you know, and, what is it that makes you take that next step to go someplace else while coaching? Well, Billy, uh, the first thing I wanted to, I, I had the privilege of, of having coaches throughout my career who were great fundamental teachers of the game. And I thought once I got involved in this coaching, that if I could teach the game to young men at that time, to, to young men, uh, the way I was taught the game, it would be a wonderful, rewarding experience, which in fact it was. But that was my motivation. Uh, my my change was that I wanted to be a head coach. So when I left Greenfield, I went to Centerville, Indiana, for two years as a head coach before I went back to Purdue uh, to work there. And uh, I, I always wanted to be uh, a head uh, coach uh, in Indiana, in Indiana College, a college in Indiana. I wanted to be a head head coach, and uh, down the road that opportunity came at Ball State. And what was it like going back to Purdue as a um, a coach? And I, I'm assuming that was the 1969 run toward the uh, finals against UCLA, right? Absolutely. When I went back there, uh, George King was the coach, one of the best coaches I have ever been around. George King uh, 
uh, took the Boilermakers to the 69 National Championship against UCLA, dedicated the uh, Mackey Arena in 1967 uh, against UCLA in a, in a hard-fought ball game. And, uh, but the opportunity to work with Coach King was the greatest opportunity of my life because he uh, showed me there are things more as important as the fundamentals of the game was the motivation uh, of, of players and his ability to motivate that team uh, in 1968-69 was, was unbelievable because he had a young man named Rick Mount who was absolutely super, uh, and he had a group of seniors who, uh, you know, could have been jealous of Rick and, and, and could have not uh, uh, wanted to perform, uh, you know, uh, because Rick had great, uh, not only ability, but great uh, hype and, and a great uh, person in Indiana. And uh, Coach uh, King got everybody together, told them that he could win a Big Ten championship and, and win a national championship as well, and came within a uh, game of doing that. Do you feel that if Chuck Bavis would have been healthy that you guys may have had a possibility of winning that uh, championship? We might have because Davis matched up better with uh, Al Cinder than uh, Johnson did. We just we were a little thin there on the post. And uh, Bavis, I think, uh, could have made a – because of his big body and his, and his uh, excellent game – I think could have been a difference maker. Uh, the one thing that uh, we used to do is he, Rick Mount would come off a high screen, which uh, Bavis was good at setting and, and uh, took up space for a jump shot. And uh, we used that same strategy with uh, Johnson and uh, Kaufman, and uh, it didn't work as well because Alcindor switched off on Mount, and uh, that was uh, one of the differences in the game. You know, they say, you know, like the saying in Wide World of Sports, you know, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Um, was it on losing to UCLA, was there uh, would have, should have, could have, or was it just something that uh, you learned as a coach and moved along with? Was it, this is going to sound dumb, was it helpful in getting beat in that championship game for what you ended up doing within your coaching career? Well, the, the experience was helpful in, in preparing uh, the road to the Final Four, uh, the ups and downs that we had, uh, beating Marquette on the last second shot that Rick made, and uh, getting to the Final Four was, was all a great learning experience for a young coach. Uh, going to see Coach Wooden and uh, how he approached the game, how his team approached the game, uh, being in meetings with him and uh, uh, getting the opportunity to see all those things that were associated with the Final Four was a great learning experience. The game itself uh, was uh, a ba another basketball game from that standpoint. It was, uh, it was a game where we had played uh, UCLA uh, out on the coast earlier this season uh, uh, to a relatively and had great hopes of, of, of winning the national championship, but uh, they were just too good that night. Uh, they they hadn't played well against Drake in the semifinals. In fact, they uh, uh, Drake, uh, Maury Johns, a great coach from Gary, Indiana, gave them all they wanted, uh, 
but uh, they they had their so to speak a game for us, and it was it was a disappointment, but it was a gratifying season. As a as a coach, do you um, look for opportunities, or do opportunities come looking for you, especially in your career? Boy, that's a great question, Billy. Because in my career. I have looked for a lot of opportunities, and the ones that I got were the ones that came to me, uh, <laughs> one way or another. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't by any. Uh, I, I would say that I, I can't think right off the top, but uh, well, I can. Uh, I don't think I. Uh, I got any job that I really pursued. Uh, the more that just the opportunity uh, came up and. Uh, it was uh, there for me. What's your path from Purdue to uh, taking the helm at Ball State? Well, it, it's a, it's an interesting path because uh, when I was at Purdue, I spent three years there, and uh, I wanted to uh, be a college uh, uh, assistant coach, uh, uh, eventually a head coach, but an assistant coach. And I looked at uh, different opportunities, Northwestern and Iowa, and nothing developed for me. Uh, but uh, there was a high school there in uh, Lafayette, who uh, a great uh, community, Lafayette, Indiana. And I uh, had an opportunity. Uh, Bob King, as much as anybody, convinced me that that would be a good place to be a head coach and learn more about being a head coach to be a high school coach in Indiana. So I took the head coaching job at uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, and I was there five years. And uh, in fact, uh, Billy, we uh, we had the uh, privilege and, and the distinction of uh, beating Lafayette Jeff in the finals uh, uh, in 1973. The, uh, they had won 99 straight sectional games for a state record, and. Uh, my team beat uh, uh, Lafayette Jeff and uh, advanced on to the semi-state finals. But that was a great experience there as far as being a head coach. And then I took the head coaching job at DeKalb uh, for a couple of years. And a good friend of mine, Steve Yoder, was the assistant at Ball State. And uh, he said, I'm going to get the head coaching job here at Ball State. Would you, my, would you be an assistant? And so then I went uh, with... Uh, uh, Steve Yoder to uh, Ball State as an assistant coach, and he left to go to Wisconsin, and I got the Ball State head coaching job. What was it like? What's the difference between, and I'm talking at Ball State for now, what was the difference between uh, being an assistant coach and then taking over the head coaching job at a Division One program? <laughs> Another great question, Billy, because a lot of people within the department uh, – said, uh, well, you've changed since you become head coach. <laughs> and I said, well, yes, it's a different role. Uh, you, you you have a lot more responsibility as a head coach than you do as an assistant. And so a lot of people said, well, you, you've changed a little bit. And uh, I really hadn't changed. I was just being a head coach as opposed to being an assistant that they had seen for five years. And uh, it was a dramatic, I guess for some, a dramatic difference. But it uh, it was a rewarding experience because the uh, players at Ball State were super. They were great guys, and it was a great opportunity for me to uh, become a college head coach and realize a dream that I'd had 
uh, and that was being a head coach in Indiana high school basketball. What? I mean, I'm sorry, college yeah. basketball. What were I'm assuming that there was a disadvantage of uh, you know you're 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 at Ball State and probably everybody in the state of Indiana is getting pulled either way to IU, Purdue, Notre Dame, Valparaiso, Butler. What uh, uh, what kind of recruiting type? What what? How did you recruit? Well, it was a situation where we recruited uh, a lot of. Uh, different ways, uh, Billy. We, we tried to make inroads into Indiana high school basketball because those are the best players. The Mid-American Conference uh, just suited Indiana high school basketball players uh, and their skills. Uh, but we recruited junior college and transfers. Uh, Dan Pombizio uh, uh, was a Purdue uh, player and uh, chose to come to uh, Ball State and, and transfer. Uh, there were others uh, that uh, transferred uh, from uh, uh, different schools to uh, to come to Ball State. So we, we had a mix of Indiana high school basketball players, uh, some from out of state, not many, and then uh, uh, transfers uh, from – Indiana high schools that had gone to college somewhere else, and uh, so it was a uh, uh, a combination of different uh, players and different players with different experience levels. Um, I would be remiss, and I would probably get uh, some kind of a nasty letter in the mail if I didn't tell you that Steve Peters says hi. <laughs> yes, Steve Peters was a uh, very helpful part of our organization at Ball State. He he did a great job. One uh, was an outstanding coach, uh, a man who was a pharmacy graduate from Butler, but uh, uh, knew as much basketball as anybody from his Butler experience. And, and uh, he, uh, he he was a great contributor to uh, uh, everything that we did at Ball State. You know, uh, I may get a check in the mail now instead of a nasty letter. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> coach, what 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 does a coach think that, like when you were at Ball State, is there a point where you think, you know what, I've, I've done what I can do at Ball State, it, it's time to move on? Is that, a, is that a coach's mentality when moving on? And tell us about your success with Ball State and how you move on from there. Well, what, what you do is, uh, Billy, the best you can do wherever you are. Uh, you you don't worry about that next opportunity. Now, with that said, uh, you you always uh, well, I mean, many people are always looking for uh, the uh, Purdue head coaching job or the Indiana IU head coaching job or or, or a job of that nature. Uh, when you're at a mid-major school uh, like Ball State, and I would uh, certainly be one to tell you that I entertained those thoughts uh, and hope that someday I would uh, do a good enough job to have that opportunity, but it just didn't uh, uh, present itself. But I was not unhappy at Ball State. It was a great opportunity for me, and uh, um Probably had it, the circumstances been different, stayed there uh, a, a lot longer. And where do you move to from Ball State? Well, uh, when the uh, we had the uh, disagreement on the contract extension, and uh, 
the renewed contract at Ball State, uh, we decided that it was best to part ways. And uh, Vern Payne, who was an Indiana high school uh, star at the Michigan City uh, and Indiana, uh, was the head coach at uh, Western Michigan. And when the, uh, uh, when that uh, job ended at Ball State, Vernon uh, uh, asked me to, to come to Western Michigan and, and be with him as an assistant, and that's uh, what I did. Um, married and have children? Yes, I'm married to my wonderful wife, Karen, who was a cheerleader at Liberty High School in Liberty, Indiana, for the Warriors, and uh, a Purdue graduate, uh, and uh, just uh, uh, been my wife for more years than I can even remember now, and uh, she would know exactly. <laughs> then I have one son who is a mechanical um, engineering graduate from Purdue University and now works at NASA uh, in the jet propulsion lab in uh, California and with two grandchildren. And and what is that like for a coach and for, you know, uh, moving and going other places? I mean, is, is that a is that a hard thing to do, taking into consideration that your, your, your wife and kids are going to be moving with you? Well, it is, and we had the uh, blessing uh, to be at Ball State at the time when my son was going through uh, high school, so we didn't have to move. We moved, well, he was born in Lafayette, and we went to uh, uh, Auburn, Indiana, uh, at the Cal High School, and then came to Muncie, and he was able to stay throughout most of his uh, uh, high school career, well, all of his high school career, junior high career in uh, Muncie, Indiana, which was great because we didn't have to have multiple moves that way. And then when I uh, started off on my adventures, uh, the uh, we, we stayed in Muncie for the first year when I went to uh, Western Michigan. And then when I went on from Western Michigan to Minnesota, I, uh, my wife and I moved there. And what was it like in Minnesota? Was it a uh, was it a, a little bit of shock, or was it just a little bit colder than Michigan and in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> Billy, it was all those things. It was a shock. It was a lot colder. Uh, on the uh, my first day there, my first year there, we were getting ready to play on a Saturday. Uh, we were uh, having our pregame meal, and the snow was coming down uh, unbelievable. And I said to the head coach, Clem Haskins, I said, Coach, there won't be anybody at the game tonight. He said, it'll be sold out. I said, I mean, it's uh, there's about a foot of snow. He said, it doesn't matter. And he was right. It was sold out. And uh, it was, I mean, uh, my wife and I woke up one day, and the guy, it was a beautiful sunny day outside, and the guy on the radio said, well, the high today is going to be minus nine. And my wife and I looked at each other and said, boy, it's going to be warm today. But when we said that, we said, we've got to move south. You know, playing playing for Purdue and playing in the Big Ten and then uh, uh, coaching, whether it be where, anywhere that you've been coaching at, what's it like to coach against teams from the Big Ten? Was, was that something that excited you, or did you enjoy that, or did you kind of feel like you had a, a little bit of an advantage? It was thrilling to coach uh, in the Big Ten, uh, Billy. Uh, and I'll, the reason was there was so much enthusiasm for basketball in every Big Ten school. Everywhere you went, 
in the Big Ten, there was a sellout. Uh, it was exciting. It was uh, electric. It was it was everything you ever imagined uh, it could be. And it's. It, I found out when I moved from there to Tennessee uh, in the Southeastern Conference, the that enthusiasm and passion wasn't there. Uh, but it was at. Uh, it was in the Big Ten. It was uh, one great experience. And I'm assuming that your move from the Big Ten men's Minnesota to the University of Tennessee women's, what was that like? What I mean, did you have to change or do you have to change a style of coaching when you're you're going from men's to women's? Um, and tell us about the first time you met Pat Summit. Well, see, I, when I left uh, uh, Minnesota, I came to Tennessee as a men's assistant coach. Uh, Doug Dickey, who was the athletic director here, said, uh, I think you can help our men's basketball program, and uh, we would love to have you as an assistant. Uh, we'll pay you more money than you're getting paid in Minnesota. Uh, there's no state income tax. Uh, you, uh, uh, we, We'll make sure everything works well for you. And so I came to work with Wade Houston at uh, the University of Tennessee, uh, and met Pat Summit then and Ray Mears, who, of course, was an Ohio guy that came to Tennessee and started uh, what the Big Orange Country was all about. But uh, I had my first two years uh, in uh, uh, with the men's program at Tennessee. And, and then from there, Coach Summit, uh, because the men's program was not going well, Coach Summit asked me if I would uh, – like to help with women's basketball. And I said, well, I had not coached women's basketball, but I would be happy to help out. And she said, well, uh, I think the game of women's basketball is changing and it's going to become more like the men's game. And having a man on the staff who's had experience in the men's game, I think would be very helpful. So that's how I got started with Coach Summit. Three national championships? Three straight, uh, 90, uh, 96, 97, and 98. And all three different, Billy, because the first year she had lost the 95 national championship to Connecticut and told me, I don't know that I can win another one. And I said, well, we'll let's see what happens. And so 95 uh, or 96, 95, 96, we, we uh, won the national championship in somewhat unexpected fashion. The next year was really unexpected because we lost 10 games in 96-97 and didn't, uh, thought we might not make the tournament and made the tournament and won the national championship. And the next year, in 97-98, we had the best team in the country, 39-0, and uh, won the national championship. Coach, what, what kind of relationship did you have with her with the game of basketball? And, and what is it that maybe people don't know about Coach Pat Summit? Well, Coach, I, when I made the change, she said, well, let's try it for a year. And I said, I thought, well, we'll see what this women's basketball is all about from the inside. Well, fortunately, I got to work with her because she was so much like a men's coach, that I, men, men coaches that I'd worked with, that uh, there was no real uh, transition from uh, the uh, person at the coaching standpoint. I mean, she was in total charge and uh, took charge and was very uh, much uh, uh, able to direct and 
discipline and and provide direction for players. So it was uh, very comfortable from that standpoint, and uh, so it was uh, it was an easy transition for me uh, to work with her. I don't know that it would have been that way working with other coaches that I've uh, since experienced. Uh, do you uh, wear your rings, or are they in a vault? Oh no, they're stored away. <laughs> I. Uh, uh, one of my fellow friends, coaches, said, "How many rings can you wear at one time?" I said, "Well, we'll I'd like to see if I can get all ten, but that didn't happen." <laughs> so, what? Take us a little bit through that uh, Tennessee. What What takes you to Duke? Is Duke your next stop? No, no. From Duke, uh, from uh, Tennessee, there were three assistant coaches, uh, two ladies that had been with Coach Summit for quite some time. And, and me, uh, I was the new kid on the block, so to speak. And uh, an opening in Wisconsin occurred. And uh, Jane Albright, who was the coach there, uh, and a good friend of Coach Summons said, I need help in my job. Uh, do you know anybody? And she said, well, uh, I've got a guy on my staff who, who could help you if you – if you're interested, uh, I think he'd like to have a more prominent uh, role on our staff, but uh, that's not going to occur. And so uh, I I talked to Coach Albright, and uh, the athletic director there at the time, I had played against him in the uh, Big Ten when we when we were competing, Wisconsin and, and uh, uh, Purdue, and he said uh, – this would be a good opportunity. Uh, you can help Coach Albright. If things might not work out, uh, I certainly would consider you for the, the head coaching position. So it was an attractive situation for me, and I felt like at Tennessee we had done all we could do. Uh, I mean, really, we'd want, how many national championships are you going to win? Uh, and so uh, this was a new challenge and a new opportunity. And it's one of those things that we talked about, Billy, earlier that, that came along. I didn't really seek it out. And so I went to Wisconsin. And, and, how, many years and I was, you, how many years were you at Wisconsin? Just one because she got, she got uh, uh, let go in the spring. And interestingly enough, this is how it works in college sometimes. Interestingly enough, my friend who was the athletic director and uh, retired uh, in December, and Barry Alvarez, who is now the athletic director, took over, and uh, and then he dismissed her in the spring. I went to Coach Alvarez and I said I'd like to have the job. I was told that that would be a possibility if, in fact, things didn't work out. He said, "Well, uh, this will be my first hire," and he said, "I'll tell you, you probably do as good a job as anybody, but I've got to hire a woman in this position." So uh, I uh, I didn't get that uh, opportunity and uh, moved from there. And is this the first time uh, in your career that you were kind of like, mm, what should I do? Well, no, I, we, I yeah, well, I shouldn't <laughs> say no. Yes, I guess so. We had uh, we had kept our home in Knoxville, Tennessee, because uh, we wanted to wait and see how that job worked out, and we and. Wisconsin, and since it didn't work out, why well, I knew that I would go back to Knoxville and uh, see opportunities from there, whether it be in the men's game or the women's game. 
And uh, so it was uh, uh, an unsettling time for sure, but uh, just part of part of being coaching and being an, a, a nomadic coach, so to speak. And what gets you to Duke? Well, from that stand, from there, <laughs> the journey is still going on. So, uh, from there, uh, uh, the uh, other assistant at Wisconsin took the Cleveland State job. And uh, I was sitting at home uh, thinking about what the next move would be, and she called and said, I'd like for you to come and help me at Cleveland State. And since I didn't have any other opportunity on the table, I said, I'll do it. And I did it. And uh, at Christmas time, when I was working at Cleveland State, uh, I got a call from uh, a player who had played for us at Tennessee who was an assistant in South Carolina, and she said, we just had a guy resign from our staff. Can you come and uh, be a part of our staff at South Carolina? I said, well, I can in the spring. She said, no, we need you now. And here's the here's the change in salary and all that. So in midterm, mid-year, which was not a real smart thing to do, but uh, coaches don't need to be accused of being smart, I uh, – decided to go to South Carolina, and I was there uh, for the spring semester uh, uh, of that season, and uh, in the uh, springtime, uh, the Michigan State job uh, occurred, uh, and, and I was contacted about being an assistant at Michigan State with uh, Joanne McCauley, who was the head coach at that time, and so I went up and looked at the job, and watch your team play, and I thought, this team has a chance to, to win a national championship. And so uh, I left South Carolina and went to, to uh, uh, Michigan State, uh, and uh, sure enough, we played for the national championship in 2004 and 2005 in Indianapolis, which was a great thrill for me uh, to be back home and play for the national championship against Baylor. Uh, unfortunately, we lost. And, but we had beaten Tennessee in the semifinal game. And then Coach uh, McCauley took the uh, uh, job at Duke and uh, asked me to be a part of her staff at Duke. And I said, well, I will if things don't work out at, at uh, uh, Michigan State as a head coach, because that's what I would like to do. And it didn't work out. Uh, there, so I went to Duke uh, with Coach McCauley. You know, during your whole career uh, in, in coaching, was do you do you have to have a, a a high energy level? What happens when you have a little bit of lower uh, energy level? Uh, sometimes can you get stagnant? Is there you know, or are, were you always just because of the love of the game of basketball up and ready for the challenge of coaching? Well, there's two things, Billy. One, uh, change is good, uh, uh, whether it be in the place where you are or moving to another uh, opportunity. Change is really good, a good energizer, at least it is for me. Uh, also, uh, the young people that you work with uh, provide energy for you. Uh, you just have to be enthused because of their enthusiasm and their love of it of the game and what they're doing and, and their time in their life. So it's, uh, it, it, it's highly energizing from all those stand, standpoints, whether it be change 
or working with young people who uh, who have that high energy level and and uh, bring the best out of you as a coach as well as what you try to do to help them. Why have so many professional basketball play, basketball players, women's WNBA, have come from your tutelage? Well, I I just been at the right place at the right time, Billy. Uh, whether it be at Tennessee or Duke or even Michigan State, we had players there that went to the uh, WNBA or overseas. And uh, one of the things that I've always tried to do uh, when working with uh, whether it be the men or the women is to help players beyond their uh, experience in college. Uh, it's it's you know you get them all this sales pitch and everything you want to do when you're recruiting and you want to get uh, players. Uh, in you know you want to sell them as freshmen to come in and play and but and then a lot of coaches forget them as seniors. Well, I, I I don't know how to help you now. You need to get a job, or, or I don't know any agents. I don't know anything about the professional leagues. And uh, I made it a point both when I was working at the men and the women to to know what all the leagues are about and how to help players who most of them aspire aspire to be uh, a professional player, uh, more men than women normally, but they all have that aspiration. And so to try to help them get an opportunity, whether it be in the uh, NBA, or, of course, for the men, and the WNBA for the women. But uh, I've just been around a lot of good players and hopefully help them develop uh, a little bit along the way to uh, – further that goal of being a professional. Coach Brown, what have you been doing since uh, we've all had to kind of hunker down and wait for this to um, uh, pass over? Well, Billy, I do a radio show here for uh, once a week for an hour, a radio call-in show, uh, which I very much enjoy. Uh, I'm doing work uh, with the WNBA uh, for the draft coming up tonight. Uh, and, uh, and anal- analyzing uh, college talent uh, for different N- WNBA teams. I've worked with the Washington Mystics uh, ever since Coach Tebow's gone there, and fortunately uh, he won the uh, uh, WNBA championship last summer. Uh, I was thrilled for him to have that uh, opportunity come his way. And uh, I'm doing uh, a lot of writing for uh, a gentleman here who publishes a magazine on uh, Tennessee, mostly Tennessee basketball, but it has a national perspective. So uh, those are the things that I'm keeping occupied with and and, uh, doing it uh, certainly from home, but with the way our uh, setup uh, internationally and nationally is going right now. Uh, How did you feel when you found out that you were going to be in the second class of the Assistant Coaches Hall of Fame? Well, I was honored beyond belief. Uh, they had uh, talked to me uh, a little bit. Uh, I had been a part of the organization, uh, the step-up organization, since it, uh, its uh, foundation, the lady and, and man, uh, Felicia Allen and Johnny Allen, uh, asked me 11 years ago to help them start uh, what they called step-up. And uh, so I was very uh, honored by that and then uh, have worked with them uh, over the past 11 years uh, as an advisor and, and uh, 
coach and, and everything. And uh, so they they came up with my name on, on a list this uh, spring, and I said, well, uh, there are a lot of people more deserving than I am of this award. Let's let's make sure they're honored. Uh, I don't I I don't really need that. And they said, well, we're going to put it up for a vote. And I guess uh, uh, I got enough votes uh, uh, to to be awarded this honor. And it was it is an honor and something that I treasure greatly. Do you get back to Indiana very often, or uh, no? Well, uh, yes. In fact, I was just back to Muncie, Indiana, uh, about six weeks ago, unfortunately, uh, because a very good friend of ours, when we were in Muncie, passed away, and uh, we celebrated his life. And uh, so I was back in Indiana then. And my wife and I try to make one, at least one trip uh, a year to Indiana to honor our parents, who are uh, all buried there. And uh, particularly around Memorial Day. Uh, and uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, as far as any extended period of time in Indiana, unfortunately, I'm, I, I just don't, uh, don't get that opportunity. I want to thank John Hoover for getting me in contact with you. Coach Al Brown, it, it has been fantastic. I thank you for spending some time with us, and uh, uh, I think everyone will enjoy this from, from, from Indiana to Michigan to Ohio to Minnesota <laughs> to South Carolina to Tennessee. I can go on and on, but thank you so much. It, it's appreciated. Well, Billy, thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be on with you, and thanks for the research that you did. The questions were terrific, and uh, the opportunity was uh, wonderful, and I appreciate it.